start it up let's do it <laughs> yo so so david 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 oz mm-hmm. david ozmaya ozmaya is your last name mm-hmm. okay. yeah, yeah my first name is david my middle name is oz and then my last name is maya okay where, yeah. where was where you where's your family from uh my mom is is white pretty much and my dad's mexican and his ah. actual his actual first name is osvaldo so i was like Oz sounds a little bit more better, so I'll just say Oz. So it's like, is like Maya, because you know how a lot, a lot of times last names represent like mm-hmm. uh, a lineage of some sort, like, right? Right. You know, like Wick, it'd be like Candlemaker, things like that. Yeah, like right. Some or some kind yeah. Of yeah. Smith yeah. is like a blacksmith a lot of times and things yeah. like that. Maya, Carpenter. I guess. <laughs> I guess Maya, you could trace back to the Mayans. That's what I'm I mean, assuming, yeah, but South I'm like, American I don't know. I'm just assuming shit. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if the Mexicans yeah. did the same thing. That uh, the no, my, did. Mayans and Aztecs were all Mexico, South America. So. Oh no, I mean like I don't know if they did the same last name type thing that the Europeans did, where they linked their name to whatever they did. Yeah, I oh, think I maybe know. like last names are kind of new for yeah. a lot of cultures. I don't, I don't know. know. I'll ask my friend Jose Taco Maker. I think maybe. He knows. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Jose Cuervo. Jose Cuervo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no nah, man. Uh, I was excited to have this episode just because it was like it was such a different. Mm-hmm. It's a different take on anything because yeah. like he you he basically came to me um, last year. Yeah, it was it was it was during the holidays, I believe. Yeah, yeah it was like November or December, and it was the wildest thing because we were in the middle of the My Hero Academia party. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he showed up and he was like, "Hey man, like what's up?" We were just talking it up, chilling, yeah. eating fajitas and stuff. And then he just pops up with like, "Yo, man, I died for like <laughs> four minutes." Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? And that was like recent then, too. Right? Uh, it was October 20th. He oh, slipped man. in the conversation like extra nonchalant. Like, it was yeah. just, by the way, you know, hey, you're just yeah, coming yeah. from death. Yeah, yeah, because Josh <laughs> was like, hey, what's what's new with you? And I'm like, uh, well, uh, you know, I kind of died for a little while and then came back and, you know. Hey, well, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good to living. be here. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm still colorblind, though. I mean, that didn't really fix that problem. But, right. Oh, you've you been colorblind? Yeah, yeah. I was you from, know what? from birth. I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. Let's talk about the death. I'm sure everyone's like, yo, like, what are we talking about colorblindness for? <laughs> It's just as fascinating, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so essentially what happened was um, on the night of October 20th, me and a few friends of mine, we were just wanting to figure out something to go do for the evening. It was a, it was a Saturday night. We were bored, and we were like, crap, you know, what's going to go on? And uh, she, and I, and I won't say anyone's names just for, you know, their safety, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but she... I have to hold the mic a little bit closer. Okay, sure, yeah. She had, um, she said, hey, we're, we're going to go to an event later, mm-hmm. and... And, uh, and there's a reason I'm starting from the beginning, because everything that happened up to the point where I was gone was all a, a sequential line of events. Right. And, and you I, remember everything? I mean, I feel y- like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that night we were trying to figure out what to do. We were kind of frustrated and we just didn't know what to do. And then she had gotten a call from one of her friends saying, hey, come to this event over near uh, Carrollton. Which is one of those like late nights you usually have? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This man was so, like, even when we had the, the Crunchyroll thing, the yeah. event, mm-hmm. he was like, hey, man, like, you trying to go hang out till like eight in the morning? Mm-hmm. And we did. Oh, morning. Yeah. Uh, actually, we ended yeah, up. Yeah, he goes. No, we ended up hanging out until about 4 p.m. That is nice. wild. Yeah. Just nocturnal, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. And uh, so. Ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's all good. And so we, she, her friend called and he invited us to this event, right? And it was called Dragon's Ball. Not that kind of Dragon's Ball. Not 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 the cool Dragon Ball. It was actually just as cool. And so what it was was this giant event, and everybody was literally painted and covered in glitter and walking around in bikinis and just whatever, all body painted and wearing dragon stuff. And it was this big event. 
Is that like Chinese New Year related or no, no, just totally just dragon? Wanted, yeah, yeah, literally just dragon themed at this hotel and they decked it out. And it was really funny because we got there and and we had no plans for the evening, right? Everything was just totally blank slate. We were trying to figure it out because we so were bored. just enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I just kind of thought to myself, well, we're going to go on an adventure. Let's go. And so we went to this place and we got there and I find out it's 75 bucks to get in. And I'm like, uh-oh. I'm not gonna be able to do this, you know. Yeah. And so one of our friends, he saw us, and he walks up and he goes, "David, David, come here, come here. You need to meet somebody. I need you to introduce somebody real quick." And I'm standing at the admissions table, and all the admissions girls see this go down, yeah. right? And so he's like, "Come here, come here. You got to meet somebody. You got to meet somebody." And I was like, "Okay." And he's giving me this dude's name, but I'm not gonna say it. Right. But, uh, he's like, "Come here. You got to meet him." And I said, "Okay, great, great, great." And I, I look over to the admissions ladies. I'm like, "I'm right back. I'm right back." And they're like, "Okay." And so we walk in up to the dance floor, and it's loud and lights. Everybody's going crazy. And I was like, "Okay, where where is he at? Where is he at?" And right. he goes, "Who?" <laughs> I'm like, "What do you mean, man?" He goes, uh, uh, "He's like, I thought you you got me in here to go talk to somebody real quick." He's like, "No, no, I, I got you in." Yeah, there you go. And I'm like, "What? Oh, did, so did he, he work in, for the con or something like that? Huh? Or did he work for the event?" Uh, no, no, he just knew somebody who knew somebody, and then he just he just was suave, really. Yeah, and then I was in. Nobody cared. It's wow. like a speech check you yeah. passed there. And you know, that, those girls need to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, really, right? We've yeah. worked well, the, yeah, yeah. the admissions for like all these events. So. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's wild. Yeah, yeah. You can look God, it up online. Friends, let them go. You can look. <laughs> yeah, five dollar tickets. Yeah, yeah. And you can look up. It's called Dragon's Ball. And I'm sure if they ever hear this, they're gonna be like, "Well, he's not allowed anymore." <laughs> that's okay. I don't want to go back. I'm all good with it. But so anyway, we had a great time. It was it was a good time. You know, everybody drank a little bit, enjoyed themselves. Very tame. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And so it's like two in the morning and people are starting to leave. This thing goes to four, but me and my friends are like, all right, let's let's move on to the next thing, right? Or what was it exactly? What kind of just just dragon stuff? No, it was literally like a giant uh just a giant party that encase encaptured this whole hotel. And it was all dragon and fantasy themed. Oh, okay. pretty I mean, dope. Everybody's covered in glittered, wearing dragon uh dragon wings, dragon horns and tails and body painted up. Huh. There was uh three DJs all in different areas. EDM or Oh yeah, everything, man. It was epic epic hmm. and i'd never heard of it before and yeah. it was wow. the coolest thing ever that is wild and they, they blew this place out i mean wild so anyway so we're at the end of the night and we're like okay well, let's figure it out so we all step out in the back area to go have a cigarette and i walk up and there's this guy i know and he's on the phone with somebody and this guy was one of the djs that was working there he's also a music producer and i've known him for a little while now I met him last August, and I got to stay at his apartment and hang out with him, and they played live music all night. Really great guy. I never saw him since. Mm-hmm. And I walk out of this hotel, and there he is on the phone. Haven't seen him since August. And I'm like, what? what's up, man? How are you? And he's like, oh, my God. You know, so we hadn't seen each other. Give him, give him a big hug. And he's like, by the way, I'm on the phone with one of your other friends. And the guy he's on the phone with is one of my friends who actually is a friend who introduced me to this music producer back in August. Huh, okay. And he was just randomly on the phone with him. And I've known that guy for five to six years. And so I run into this guy I haven't seen, and then he's on the phone with my other best friend that that I've known forever. Just all these weird coincidences, right? So like you basically got in with an imaginary friend, then ran into a friend you hadn't seen in a while. Yeah, yeah. Then you ran into your best friend at this con that you didn't know existed. Well, see, the best friend wasn't there. He was on the phone with the producer who was there. Right, and so right. I'm like, Yo, I'm on the phone with him right now. And I'm like, what? Give me that phone. <laughs> so I got on the phone. I'm like, what are you doing, man? It's me, David. And he's like, what? Just freaking out. Like, we were just, this is so weird. And he goes, David, I'm having an after party at my place. You got to come over. Okay. And I'm like, bet. We're on it. Yeah. Let's right. go. 
And it's two o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, nothing good comes up from an after party after two o'clock. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Like, you know where that, where that yeah. goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we, we we go down there to near downtown Dallas, and we walk into his house, and and there's like thirty people in the living room. Like ten of them are passed out in his giant love sack. I'm like, okay, well, bet this is what's up. Yeah, cool. Okay, it's three a.m. Let's do this. And so I sit down on the couch, and I'm just hanging out. Nothing, pardon me, nothing's really going on. Um, we're just hanging out, chatting, enjoying ourselves. And he, uh, all of a sudden, he just walks up to the left of me and goes, Hey, David, um, do you want to try something? And I said, What? And is it okay if I say the name or am I okay to? Bro, it's, it's on you. Like, people are people. It's okay, okay. It's okay, an explicit podcast. Okay. You can cuss. You can say whatever. Oh, yeah, you can say whatever okay. you want. Okay, it's cool. uncensored. Yeah, I just don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable or anything like nah, that. Say whatever you want. He, yeah. goes, he goes, Hey, David, um, do you want to try DMT? And I'm like, yeah, because I'd never, you know, I was like, yeah, man, cool. You know, And at the time, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what this was. I mean, I had seen documentaries, the Joe Rogan stuff and right, done yeah. my research. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe one day. Didn't really care much after that. Right. And then, yeah, I'm here. He offers it to me. And I said, so first for people who I'm sorry, just for people sure, who sure. haven't because like not all our fans are like very well versed. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I didn't know about it either until last summer when I was, was on Netflix. I'm like, what? The dream molecule. What is that? Yeah, I've looked and into it a lot, but I've yeah. never I've never myself like dealt with it. So like, yeah. go ahead and explain if you can. And you're sure to the best of your sure. abilities. DMT is an abbreviation for dimethotryptamine. And what this chemical is, is the chemical in every living being. Uh, it's it's. It's in plants, all animals, all plants, um, everything in the ocean, all sea life, and all human beings have it. And what this chemical is is essentially the, the driving force behind any vivid dream you've ever had. That's DMT. But mm-hmm. that's like like below 10% dosage. If like Imagine, remember the most, if you can remember the most vivid dream you've ever had, or one of them, that's less than 10% dosage of dimethyltryptamine in your brain releasing it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, there's been tons of research on this stuff, and it is released whenever you're born and whenever you die. Apparently, it's it's supposed your body's reaction to to make the experience be more soothing and calming. So it's kind of like the life flashing before your eyes that you hear about, and it feels very real. Uh, that might be yeah, right. exactly weird. what it is. Yeah. It's a possibility. Well, like none of us have died besides. I, yeah. I, I well, I mean, him. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, now we can. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there in the story yet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I said, let's do this, right? And so I said, okay, let's go. And we go back into his bedroom, and I I lay down on the I get on the bed, and uh, and I was very nervous at the time because I was excited for this new experience, but at the, the time I also had not told anybody I had done other things prior. And so, like, okay, so let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. How, how much were we in? Like, how deep okay. in the hole were we before? Uh, we weren't in the hole. We were in, like, the void already. Like, oh, it was bad. Man. It was bad. I was. <laughs> you please, listeners, ahead, do man. not judge me. I am a good person. Okay. I take <laughs> care of my animals. I pay my bills. I'm very responsible. I take <laughs> care of my aunt and clean her house for her. And I clean my mom's house, too. I love my family and my friends. And I put them all <laughs> above myself. Please don't think less of me. Okay. This resume. <laughs> I was going. Excel, she have good things. Yes, yes. Oh, please don't so judge you. I was going through a very dark, dark time. Uh, and it was just poor decisions. But they led me to that, so I don't know if I can say they were poor decisions because I don't think you have to like apologize for anything. It's like an experience yeah. that you lived yeah. through. I don't know if that's something that people would ever judge somebody for. Like, yeah, I think you're fine, <laughs> yeah. man. Honestly, yeah, I, I, okay, you okay, don't have cool. To, you know, give so much context. I've never heard such a good resume before. Dude. Well, your yeah. brain works really well. Like honestly, because you're able to, <laughs> you're able to like even before we started, he like kind of just spews freestyles of. Oh yeah, tangents. the mic check was yeah. nuts. We might use that as a you know. Do it. 
Yeah, do there it. Go. We'll go swimming later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> the essential list can be um, summarized as eight full Molly, full dose filled things of how molly. Many, how, what's like a normal dosage for people when they take molly like well what they call it is a cap which is like you know those vitamin capsules mm-hmm. the, the plastic ones and you fill that with the uh, crystals and that's your mdma and that's go for it mm-hmm. i had taken eight of those things from three different providers throughout the night wow yeah so i was a total of eight of those i had done I didn't even try to pay attention to the amount of cocaine I had put into my system at that point. Right. But it was a lot. <laughs> uh, please don't judge me. Um, <laughs> and then I had drank profusely. I had a lot of alcohol in my system. Which is actually like a super powerful drug, com- even compared to the others. But yeah. that's the alcohol acceptable one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah. acceptable, yeah. but still, <laughs> it's really strong. Right. I, I mean, part of me is still impressed. I was able to walk in straight lines, really. Maybe like they counteracted somehow. I guess, I guess. I've never really studied if you mix all those things together, what the hell happens. But uh, And so we went back into the bedroom, and I had told nobody. Told nobody. Nobody knew, except for me. Mm. And um, we did... essentially what you do is you take one hit to kind of feel the effects two hits to essentially change your surroundings and three hits and that's what is going to take you away and what is a hit of dmt like what is it 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 basically looks like uh it's like basically just white powder and you light it with a lighter but uh we upped it a notch and used a freaking blowtorch <laughs> oh, so it's just like vapors that you're just letting. Yeah, it's kind of like how they do dabs if you've ever seen anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which are just freaking awful, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but no, we we rapid did three of them, and immediately after the third one, everything around this room started looking like um, a uh, uh, one of those uh, fogged glass windows you would see in a church or over your granny's kitchen sink or something. Yeah. Like literally, all the people, the room, everything turned into that. And that's when I immediately had to just lay on back down. Right. And Ooh. after that... Um, so this is an immediate effect. Oh, yeah. Like within so about you, two seconds, it's... Within about Ooh. two seconds, it's more powerful than any acid or mushrooms you could ever take. Man. And it's like that. And it's on. Like Donkey Kong. Because anything else, it takes a while to digest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right. And no, this stuff was instant. Instant. And um, so I lay back on this bed. And i just staring at the ceiling. And I have my friend who... He did it, too. Because he wanted to do it with me, which uh, I learned, come to find out, it doesn't matter who you're with, nobody can do it with you. This is something that is a personal experience to you yourself. You mm. can be in a room, an arena full of a thousand people and all of you do it at once. Everybody is not going to have the same experience. Nobody will share their experience. Nobody's going to see the same thing. Right. It is purely tailored to you for you to learn and experience this for yourself. Not here, player deal. Right? Here's, yeah. here's the wildest thing. And I don't want to, I don't want to interject. Sure. Sure. Cause the story is like, I, I know everyone's like waiting for this big moment. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, uh, okay. So when I was ex- uh, experiencing, when I was studying mm-hmm. on DMT or mm-hmm. just looking into it, I'd say, mm-hmm. um, there was a situation in South America where they had a, I believe it was DMT mm-hmm. where they had a cup, like there was a group of people they made do it. Mm-hmm. And all the people reported the same exact journey. Like they were mm-hmm. on, and that was the wildest thing to me. Because that's when, when it became more of like a... To me, it was like, okay, what is this? Mm-hmm. Because like your mind is your mind, right? Mm-hmm. But then it became like this weird thing where I was like, are people linked closer than we actually think we are? Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of goes into the whole thing where like, I think we've talked about this before, but like turtles, right? Mm-hmm. It's like epigen- epigenetics, which is like... Uh, or I guess you wouldn't call it epigenetics. It's essentially like when an animal figures something out, other animals across the world will also figure it out at the same time. Mm. So, for instance, uh, honeybees, mm-hmm. they had this thing where they had an issue with wasps. And these giant wasps would come into their 
their hives and they would just start killing them, like chopping their heads off because mm-hmm. wasps are dicks. Right. <laughs> right? And honeybees are like a tenth of the size of a wasp. So the wasps would just get in there and start murdering things. Um, the honeybees realized, they finally realized the way to kill these things was to gather around it, like get real tight to it. And a couple of them would die, but they would start vibrating their wings real hard, right? Oh, by, yeah, I've seen that. It looks insane. Yeah, they would raise the t- their temperature, their body heat, mm-hmm. by like vibrating so much. There'd be so many of them on top of this thing, he would overheat and die. Whoa. And when that happened one time, when it was first observed, it started happening everywhere. Like across the world. Like these things were almost like, it's like a weird link that we're just not respecting between animals. Um, okay. Like they're figuring it out together. And same thing with turtles. It's kind of a weird thing where like as soon as turtles are born, they immediately know they have to get to the water yeah. because the crows are going to kill them. The snakes are going to kill them. Right. And like yeah. you've seen those things in National Geographic. Yeah, yeah. They just they There's, immediately hatch and like we got to go. Yeah, we got to go. They already know what to do. Yeah, lizards are coming after yeah. them, everybody. Um, yeah. And it's like instinctive. Like they just mm-hmm. know it. And like they're, it's almost like a, like a weird brain thing that's going yeah. on. Like we're sharing. It's almost like yes. we have a, a cloud ab- above us. Yeah, some sort of weird connection like or some network. Some hive mind thing going right. on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like these oh, people in South America, they experience the same thing, yeah. and that's how it is too. You, you're going to see similar stuff to everybody else, but the thing that makes it unique to everybody else is what is communicated to you, what you learn, right? What you speak to, and and what um, what you take out of it. I, I exactly, what exactly. Saying, what yeah. you take out of it, and there's certain things that are on the other side that are within there. That are similar, but you may not see that one. You may see another one. And these are these are essentially entities, and they're called the entities. They're on the other side, and you see them. I mean, everyone's seen different ones, and even even people like Joe Rogan will tell you himself. And there's um, there's a series on YouTube called Tales from the Trip, mm. and all the ones that talk about DMT are very similar too. And but every time you get into that other place where it takes you, um, you may see the same entity. You may see another one, but there's always a set number of them. And I, and I don't quite remember how many of them there are, but essentially people see one of those. It's almost like whatever you pre- – it might be the same – in a weird way, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to get too uh, – like turn this into a spiritual thing. Like yeah, I don't know. Metaphysical. I, yeah, yeah, I've never done this, but it's like – it's almost as if it's like a uh, – it's the same entity, but you're experiencing or what it looks like is dependent on you. Right. Well, you well, it's not even dependent on you. It's dependent on what they want. Because what do, you, what do you mean they want? So it's like the same entity. Oh, with the entity. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. It's whichever, it's whatever entity chooses you. That's what you're gonna see. You may see them all. You may see one. There's a lot of games that kind of like use this idea. A lot of fiction yes, in general. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, so essentially, back to what had happened because it all links in, right? Yeah. And so when I had laid back, it started in this phase to where you don't just you know like how people will say if they're on mushrooms or on acid they'll still see the room they're in it just looks like the walls are melting or oh look a little pikachu's running across the counter how cute pink (laughs) elephants whatever right (laughs) but you still know you're in your house in your living room right this wasn't like that at all this all my field of vision everything gone and i was only seeing what this was wanting me to see you're like tunnel visioned in it wasn't even tunnel it was just everything around gone and it was just replaced by what they wanted and so it was at first it was a lot of solid color a lot of solid shapes um and there were arrows there was there were circles there were squares like almost like basic kindergarten shapes but vivid color like if you were to communicate with an alien like what would you use probably something universal I, like well not they did communicate shapes. with me so i'll get into oh, that okay. too. right and okay. it's really cool because it all goes in stages it's three stages right and so the first stage was essentially the room had left and in its place came it just over it swashed over my eyes like like if you were in a VR yeah. headset it's like that but times ten I mean you are seeing this shit and everything else around you is gone so it's as real as it gets oh yeah 
It's how, real. It's, it's a real, real thing. This how does a, time pass when this is happening? Well, okay, so that that okay, so when you're before you go away, before you what they quote unquote call blast off, you're still aware of time mm-hmm. because for me, I was so the adrenaline had started pumping because that's when in my thoughts I'd realized, oh my god, I'm on all these other things right now. This is real. Like that, I remember the three words I kept saying was, "This is real. This is real. This is mm-hmm. real." And I had to take my feet, and I was on the bed, and I put them out like that, and I started taking my right foot and just petting my left foot because that was the thing to I feel could, something. Right, exactly. I was that was like what a I grounding. Was, right, yeah. was, I was tethering myself down to say, "Okay, I'm still here. I still feel my like foot." The top in inception. Or right, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. Just like the top. And while I was doing that, um, it just I started hearing this sound, and DMT has a sound, and mm-hmm. it's this metallic echo, like a, like a train from far away, mm-hmm. but it's very metallic, and it's like a zzz, and that's, to me, I, I didn't realize what that was, but after I had, everything had happened, I realized that's what death sounds like. So do you think this is going to be like different for every person? Um, that's like a, a pretty much, in your yes, experience, that's Everything that I experienced up to being gone is the same. But then when you're, if you do blast off and you go into their, their realm, what they show, the realm is going to look similar to everybody, but what you do in there is different to everybody else. And even that, that, that's kind of strange that the realm looks similar to everybody. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's, how did you have a shared experience? Yeah, Yeah. it was like, it's strange because like, okay, uh, and of course I'm going to let you get back to your experience. It's like, this is crazy. Um, But like I had two friends in Mm -hmm. the past. I I was a bartender back in Dallas. And I had two friends that worked with me. Mm -hmm. And they were just waiters, but they were like, I remember... They took DMT one time, mm. and because uh, they were more into like you know the party drugs, whatever. They sure, were sure. Then they did DMT one time, and when they did this, they came back to work, and one of them was like, one of them was like way more talkative. Like the one that's normally like real relaxed, mm-hmm. he started talking more, mm-hmm. and the one that's normally just like all cars, all whatever, he was just kind of like, like very reserved. Like he was kind of tight. Like he was holding his arm, and he was kind of just chilling there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're my boys still to this day. I don't see them a lot, but like they, I remember they were just like. They told me, like, when, when, the, when the rush slowed down and we were able to talk, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so how, what happened? Because mm-hmm. I'm just interested. I, back then, I had, I'd never done anything. So I was just like, what happened? And they were just like, um, they're like, yo, man, like, we went on this trip. We did DMT. Mm-hmm. And they started talking about it. And they had the same journey together up mm-hmm. until a certain point. Mm-hmm. And that's what threw me off. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Like, y'all know you're in your own heads, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, the yeah, like, yeah. I'm thinking about. I'm like, you know you're in your own heads. He's like, no, like, here's what happened. And then, like, the one that normally didn't talk is now talking, right? He's talking right. a lot. And he's like, here's what happened. So we're doing this thing, and we see this. Uh, to them, it was an Anubis god, which is like okay. normally the, the dog Egyptian thing. that you Yeah, the jackal. See. Yeah, mm-hmm. the jackal, yeah. They they saw that, and uh, it came up. A big portal came up. like It was almost like they were in space, kind of. Mm-hmm. And they were there together. And he asked him. What did he, what he ask him? He was like, no, the guy, the, the thing asked him. He was like, hey, like. Y'all got to come through. I don't know how he said it, but he basically wanted them to come through to get to the next phase, essentially mm-hmm. kind of like mm-hmm. you were saying. Yeah, exactly. Phase. And uh, he was just like, he was like, yeah, Jimmy didn't want to go, but I went. And yeah, and then my friend, mm-hmm. I guess already says, Jimmy was just kind of like, I was scared, man. I was like, I wasn't doing none of that. Like, mm-hmm. he stayed behind. He's like, and then Charlie had to like, I blew it. I said, <laughs> <laughs> they both got fired immediately. <laughs> we can beep it out. No, nah, first names, and no one cares. Uh, there's thousands of Charlies in the world. That's sure. Yeah. So it's like, he kind of like, he went through and he just was like, yo, then this happened and this happened. He was going off. 
So you're like conscious. It's not just an experience. Like you're actually making decisions and yeah. thinking. Well, the way it works is when when you're there, there is no sound. There's no concept of sound because you don't care. You don't need it. It's irrelevant. Right. There's no concept of time. You don't care. No, it's irrelevant. You don't need it. Yeah. Very kind of heaven and hell esque. Very yeah. Very much so. You don't yeah. need time. You don't need. You don't need anything. You don't need to talk. You don't need sound. You don't need to speak with your mouth. You don't have one. When your consciousness is out of your body, there's no mouth. There's no hands. There's no feet. There's no walking. There's no moving. There's just no nothing mm-hmm. except for what you see. All you keep is your sight. That's it. Your sight and your your consciousness. I can't say your mind because that's your brain. You're right. not in your body anymore. There's no brain, but your consciousness is a whole other ball game. So you're still there to to communicate without communicating i mean it's almost like the closest thing you think of to telepathy talking with thought really is how it feels and so when when after so phase one essentially was seeing all this color and all these shapes right and then phase two was (laughs) phase two is the funny part so it got that was phase two was right when i started doing my feet right and and petting my foot with my other foot and immediately I felt this rush of adrenaline. I've never felt any adrenaline like this before from any roller coaster, any nothing, any, anything. Driving fast, racing cars, nothing has given me adrenaline like this before. And it was so fast and, 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 and raw and powerful that I immediately um, grabbed my friend. Because uh, he, he was sitting up next to me while I was laying on the bed. And my other friend, she was holding my hand. Because they, everybody in the room knew, because they'd all done it. They were yeah. like, yeah, this boy's about to go. Because they could see my foot going. They can see me rocking and kind of shaking on the bed. And in my mind at this point, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I've done all this other stuff. Nobody's ever done all that before and then done this. This isn't how you're supposed to do this, you know. So I was very worried and nervous and afraid. And so it, how do I put it? It was like. When the adrenaline hit me very hard, it was all so fast, but it felt so slow. And I grabbed his leg. Like, I, I grabbed it. And I clawed it, you know, because I was terrified. And right then and there, I lost all feeling of my entire body. I grabbed his, I grabbed his, his leg like this and then just could not feel my arms. I, the, as soon as I grabbed his leg, it started in my left hand, and it was gone. And then, I, and then I, like, in my mind, I looked over at the right, gone. My leg's gone. Everything was gone. And I literally felt the sensation of rising. And then that's when... So is your body kind of like... Okay, of course we're not scientists. Right. We haven't experienced sure, sure, enough. Sure. But it's like, do you feel like it's almost like your body was believing it was dying at this point and it was going through the standard I, stages? I don't know. I, well, yes and no. So I don't know if what my body was... I mean, I'm assuming my body was trying to go on autopilot or I don't know what was going on because my sight and my whole consciousness was focused on... Just, okay, this is it. Be at peace. Just just let it happen. Don't fight. Because I tried to fight for a quick second, oh, and I was so like, nope, 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 don't fight this. It's not happening. Yeah. And so, funny thing is when I started, <laughs> okay, so I literally, the last feeling I had of my entire body mm-hmm. was now, you know how, how in anatomy and biology, they talk about when the human body passes. If you got any dookie left or any PP left, it's going to go. It. Yeah. 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 It went. It went literally like so. I, I felt it happen, and I'm wearing white jeans. Oh, <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> yep, you had a spiritual experience. These guys are like, "Yo, hey, Dookie, but yeah, 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 yeah." They said, "Senior butt mud." What's up, guys? <laughs> but stop it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, man. Go ahead. no, it's all good. So 
literally that was the last thing i felt was my own body crap itself and i went uh-oh and literally in my mind like my conscious said uh-oh and then I just poosh, took right off so like right after i felt it i went uh-oh and then like i felt it all on my leg and everything and then lost even uh, i lost the sensation of feeling that that was the last thing i felt and then there was just nothing no 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 hearing no touching no tasting so and it was just sight and communication and i thought oh my god he just killed me he just <laughs> killed me and i didn't it didn't frighten me i said he just killed me i hope he's okay all i cared about was if he was okay and who's he uh my friend we'll call him okay i'll call him diamond because he, he works in the jewelry industry that's all i'll give you but um i i thought oh man diamond just killed me I hope he's okay. I hope he's going to be okay. And then I thought about, I mean, and this was all in a span of like just seconds, but it felt like I was talking to myself in an essay. And I thought about my ex who used to know. And I was like, oh man, there she goes. There goes everyone. There goes everyone I've known. Okay, goodbye. This is, this is it for me. This is where I am. This is how I'm, this is how I go. It's my time. Because in that one instant, I tried to fight it and it said, nope, you're not going anywhere. You're coming with me. It, and I said, okay, this is it. This is where I am. This is this is it. This is my time. Goodbye. And I made peace with it. And then it was almost instantaneous as soon as I said, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm here. And it was just like the best way to describe the, the sensation is like take an empty shot glass and then take a giant painter's bucket full of water and just fill the shot glass with all that water and you just dump that water on that glass. That's, that's the kind of adrenaline rush you feel. And the basic way to like... You remember that part in Last Jedi when she does a light speed and slices that dreadnought in half with their ship? Yeah. It was like, you know, it was really quiet and there's, boom, right? It was like visually like that. Just total silence and then all this understanding and emotion and love and knowledge. I, I can't begin to describe how much that you could just feel all around you. And, and, and as I went, it, there was just nothing but color and shapes and all of these shapes where you know like a kaleidoscope mm -hmm. yeah it was like that times 50 but there it was real it was like imagine all this world was made of a kaleidoscope i couldn't even imagine that my brain yeah, can't wrap <laughs> yeah and that's that's exactly what it was like but yeah my brain works in 3d space so i'm so right. imagining it on the walls right and, and this surface. was like a three like a basically a 3d kaleidoscope 360 degrees all around me everywhere and and the feeling of it was literally just love understanding and wisdom and and just i had become one with literally everything around me when i left it wasn't like i was floating in the air it wasn't that i had become subatomic and seen basically what builds all creation what all of existence is built off of shapes and numbers and i know this sounds so ridiculous no that's it, actually um shapes and numbers um my friend, uh, he doesn't he doesn't do any drugs at all. Mm -hmm. But he was actually uh, he studies a lot for mm -hmm. uh, different. I don't want to get too far into anything, but like, essentially he he said the same thing before. He yeah. Said prior to me, he was like numbers and things like this are are actually what the universe is built on. Right. And he even he believes in God, and he still believes that God is using things like that, like shapes, things like this, to explain things to us, mm -hmm. and that's why things make sense the way they do. But he's like everything kind of draws back to numbers. Yeah, and the te and the technical name of it is the sacred geometry. That's basically what it's called. And when you see it for yourself, there's there's no doubting its existence. There's no trying to 
to say, nah, you know, it's not doubting it like a ghost or something. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's as real as this plushie next to me. I mean, it's there. It's around us at all times. And, and the best way to explain it is, like, you know how molecules and atoms are of oxygen mm-hmm. are all around us at all times? Well, imagine if you could see that. You wouldn't be able to see anything. You wouldn't be able to see your hand because it would just be pff, molecules everywhere, all up in your face right. at all times. You couldn't, how could we even live right? You know what I mean? How could I get up off this couch if shit's all up in my face everywhere? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, it, it's, it was like that. And, and while I was in there, um, one of the entities, I got to meet one. But I think because I was so messed up on so many other things that I didn't go the full way. Because she, it felt like, oh man. If she, and I know it was a female presence. She was definitely a female. But I didn't get to see all of her complete form. And in my, in my understanding, it was because if I had gone all the way to see her complete form, she would have kept me forever. But she didn't want to. But she wanted to hold me. It was That's like, not the feeling you were getting. Right. That, the, she, was, she was communicating, but she didn't move. There was no sound. There, it was just basically all of everything she wanted me to know was boom, right in my, right in my consciousness, right there. And I got it instantly. It was, like, it was like years worth of talking that she did to me, that she spoke to me. I mean, it, I was, it was so much in such a little amount of time that I... I mean, in in this world's um, understanding of it, it felt like I was gone for about a thousand years. And DMT usually lasts for like fifteen seconds or something, right? Uh, about fifteen to twenty minutes, typically. Twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when I had gone over there, um, right after I had grabbed my friend's leg and uh, dookied the bed, <laughs> mm, I stopped moving and breathing completely, and my heart had stopped, and I was gone. And while I was over there, so I'm I'm trying to figure out like how much of this is the experience on DMT and how much of it is like just actual death. Like yeah, that's what I was trying to figure that's out. Like, Where still to this day, I'm trying to figure that out myself. You'd have to do DMT again without the other things to try I'm, to figure it out, or do the other thing without DMT, or just die. Yeah, you could just yeah, die just without die. DMT. <laughs> just like, die. I'm like, oh, figured it out, guys. Yeah. Hey, I'll, you know, when y'all when y'all <laughs> finally like right before you die, just be like the last part was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you guys finally get there as old man, I'll be like, see guys, I told you this was like, oh, I get it now. Um, I I'm terrified to of the answer of of should I do this again to to and that's never a good an explanation. Answer. Whenever you're whenever you're not comfortable doing something, I feel like the best answer is to just not do it. Right, that and that's the thing is I don't yeah. know if I'm comfortable or not. You know what I mean? Because there's so it's just so hard to explain how conflicted I am. Of do I need to go back and solve this mystery, or should I just be at peace with it? Because they, because my friend, my other friend who was there, and I won't say his name, but he used to be uh, an EMT, he's a retired EMT, and he was a field medic in the Marines. There we go. All and right. so when when I had stopped moving, that's when he got up and checked and checked my pulse. Nothing. Oh man, nothing. That's gotta be. Yeah. So this is so, like this is legit. Like you were dead. Yeah, I was Everyone gone. Was I was gone. It. Yeah, he was checking my pulse. Yeah, an EMT and, from the military. And when I came back, uh, literally, I came back to him still doing the CPR. Um, on my chest and pressing hmm. so hard that it actually did bruise my lung or not my, my not my lung my rib. Right. Um, so he he had because this was like a 55 year old man and this dude was big so he was and the adrenaline was pumping through him it was pumping through everybody else they were terrified terrified yeah because they just watching the o- they watching overdoses well yeah and plus if I'm at a if I'm at a dude's house who just gave me that stuff that's involuntary manslaughter so you know. Diamond was freaking Bro, out. Throw you over the back. Oh no! Party fence. was over. After I came back, party was over. Oh man! He kicked everybody out, and they were like, "Done, done." It was done. Wow. But yeah. So now, Same. while I was over there, um, I became one with the bed. 
I became one with the room. I became one with everybody else. I became one with, with the ground, the house itself. It, it, you, you, I understood that I was fusing into everything, and that's where we all come from, is that what she had essentially told me was we are all part of one consciousness. Like imagine a big like example, like a spirit bomb, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, imagine a spirit bomb in reverse. So imagine you have Goku's complete spirit bomb, but then all the energy goes back out of it. So all those little bits of energy are all of our consciousnesses existing in these separate bodies. But we actually start as a spirit bomb, so we are actually... Yeah, we're all part of one thing, and then we're all still that one thing, but just experiencing this world in different stories, different ways, different places, different right. mentalities. Right. And so it was just so mind-blowing to know, oh, we're all one. We really are all one together. And, and it's so fascinating to me because I... Before going, I was always afraid of certain things. I was always apprehensive of different things. Some things I had good opinions of, and some things I had bad opinions of. And then after coming back, everything's flipped. Everything's flipped. The whole world looks different to me now. I was even given a gift. I have an ability now, which sounds crazy, I know. But, I mean, I can meet anyone at any time and read their intent, pick up on their energy. So, like, you're, empath you're more empathetic than you were prior? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at prior, I was never empathetic. I mean, I would have, I was sympathetic. Sure, if people were upset or angry, I would try to understand. But now it's a whole other ball game. I can just meet someone instantly, and feel their intent, and tell, okay, you're you're cool. You're not cool. So you think you have like this connection to this kind of collective, like yes, well, yeah, yeah, closer that, that, to that, like almost like the force, essentially. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Way. It's like being closer to what's on the other side. And it wasn't like, then I learned it. It wasn't me going to another place. What this did was lift the veil. To show to show me what was what's around us at all times. This isn't a joke. This isn't something I just came up with. This isn't something like, oh, we had a crazy trip. Guess what I saw? This is here. It's on because top had, of our plane. You had plane. been on a couple trips at this point. Like you have done uh, things we've prior. Nope. So. Nope. I've never done. I've only done. Uh, I've done acid and shrooms, but I never like when first time I did shrooms, and I've only done shrooms three times. I've never seen anything. I just felt the rumbling in my tumbly and laid back and giggled at Futurama, really. Didn't really, I didn't see no pink elephants or nothing crazy like that. First time I did acid, things would go wavy, and I would just sit and stare at a tapestry like, ooh, it makes waves. Still was in my room, still could go and do whatever, still could drive my car. Don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, still whatever. This is not nothing like that. Nothing like that at all. As soon as you take that first puff, shit gets real. It gets really real. And learning what i learned it's just so fascinating because nothing's the same my opinion on everyone even you two i mean well you i just met but even my opinion on you before i before that happened it changed again it, it changed that's wild and it's even better my opinion of you is even better now because even though we barely hang out you and i i feel like i understand you so much more which I feel like a lot of people don't. I'm very misunderstood. No, no like, like, <laughs> like, even though I've only hung out with you less than four times, you yeah. could be so wasted, I would wipe your ass for you, and it wouldn't even bother me, dude. <laughs> just no, because I, I, I always felt a good vibe from you, honestly. Well, so. and it's just after that happened, it was like there's so many things that we all take for granted, that we we ignore, that we don't pay attention to, and that we prioritize over other things that we, we really shouldn't. You know, having money, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Anytime anybody asks me for money, I'm like, take it. I, I've let people sleep in my apartment. Yeah, uh, I don't, you were actually offering me that a, a couple nights ago. Yeah, uh, I, I do not yeah. care. I'm like, come in, use my toilet paper, make breakfast, take a shit. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, stay all week. I don't care. I, it's just, I, I've learned to give 
without expecting anything back. It's almost like if you know your family wants something and you give your family money, it's mm-hmm. like you know it's still within the same group. Oh yeah, you're what? kind of like expanding that. To yeah, the world. Everyone really. Yeah, because it's like the, it, that is a weird thing because like we do this thing where we consider it's almost like a social thing that we've done and we've constructed where the person who birthed you, yeah, and the people who she birthed or he birthed, those people are more important than everybody else. Right. It's like I've always felt like kind of strange about that. Not that they're not important, right? But that I feel like I should be treating everybody the same way I, I look at my brother. Mm-hmm. And when you start doing things like mm-hmm. that, and I'm not saying again, I, I I feel like I'm at a very lower a lower level than what you experience, of course, mm-hmm. or how you look at it. But once you start treating everyone like your brother, even the people who do you wrong, and you you realize that they're a part of that same consciousness, essentially, yeah. mm-hmm. you definitely start looking at them differently. Like, hey, man, like. You're not an evil person. Like I feel like you should just adjust the way you're doing things because whatever mm-hmm. happened to you or whatever you're feeling right now is not the right way to handle that situation. Because mm-hmm. you want to help. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at things as, like when you start looking at people as you want to help or you want to be kind to them rather mm-hmm. than he's bad, he's good, he's this, and like mm-hmm. you're trying to put them in boxes, mm-hmm. it, it becomes a whole different game, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to hold things against people. Yeah, and that's why it's weird because I c- I've met people who you, people would consider good and bad after this, but. Even the ones I meet who are bad, like legit, it's like, oh yeah, you evil. It's weird. Like I don't feel hatred or malice towards them. I yeah. just, I, I feel. I guess the best way to put it is intrigue, because I can tell some people I've met that I'm just like, ooh, you're not good. I need to stay the hell away from you. But it doesn't right. mean I'm like crucifix or whatever. Yeah, you don't want to talk shit. You don't want to like. Yeah, yeah. Make but them, I'm still. You don't want to take their friends away. You just want right. to. I want to learn. I'm intrigued by them. You know right. what I mean? But now, if someone's a serial killer, I'm like, I don't want to learn about you. Bye. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. Oh, but, we have Netflix for that. We can do that. <laughs> I love learning that but shit. But I mean, yeah. like now, I've seen things like, like literally, while I was working the other night, I was driving on the highway. I saw a guy die right in front of me. It was about a month ago, three to four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Saw a guy go right through his front windshield. On I-30 heading towards uh, Arlington. Mm. But I wasn't frightened. I wasn't scared. And my adrenaline didn't pump. Because immediately when I saw where he, what happened, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if he's there. I wonder if he's there, too. I wonder if he just, I wonder if they're taking him right now. I wonder if they're holding him safe and, and holding him and keeping him comfortable like I was. So, so his death wasn't like a painful experience. It was just kind of like. My death, I didn't feel a thing. I mean, like I said, I, all I felt was poop and then gone. <laughs> and and as I'm there, yeah, it was just so much love, so much love, so much understanding. What was and, it like coming back then if you're in this yeah, this world? Okay, so, yeah. Was yeah, it like a, a, a weird existential situation where afterwards where you kind of wanted to go back? Was it forceful or was it just kind of like a gliding I've, back? Yeah, glide. It was, it was like, a, like, a low, like a low descent, a soft descent, just lightly floating back down. And and that's exactly how it felt, just coming back down. And then I could feel myself take a breath. And the first thing I felt was taking the breath. <laughs> and then after taking that first breth, and it wasn't a <gasps> it was just a nice soft breath. And I was back. And my friend was on top of me and it was funny too because I'm like, ow, oh, uh, and that's <laughs> he was like, Oh, okay, okay, you're back. And I mean people were crying, people were freaking out. <sighs> and yeah, yeah, it was bad. And I could hear people in the living room screaming. Because they thought, oh, crap, this dude just died. We got to go. And, and I could hear the door shutting, people running. And that was what the first sound I heard was the echoes of footsteps. And people freaking out and shuffling and getting stuff together and getting the hell out of there. And I, I remember just, just laying there. And the, the, what I saw was he got off of me. And I'm looking at the ceiling. And there's just all these, what they're called are fractals. And fractals. So you're still seeing it. 
Oh, yeah. Come back. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't in the realm anymore. She had let me come back. She had set me back down. And it was almost like like holding a baby duck, and I was the duck, and just letting it back into the pond. Mm -hmm. It was so soft and gentle and warm and and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so when I took that first breath, um, I'm looking up at the ceiling, and I'm seeing all these fractals. And fractals are shapes that are very... Like imagine a triangle, but it's made of that that stained glass window kind of texture, very right. crystallized, mm-hmm. and they were everywhere. And I remember looking around the room, and everything I would look at, like I would look over there, and fractals would spread out and and bloom like flowers wherever mm-hmm. I'd look. They would bloom over there. They bloom over there. They bloom over there. And physically, I felt so good, like I had. It, it was like a it, like being reborn. Man, I mean, not what it, I would expect coming back. Yeah, I mean, I've never felt that good of a sensation in my entire life. It was just so. Besides the the, the dripping poop down your leg. Yeah, no, I didn't even. I mean, I didn't <laughs> care. Warm, right? I didn't care. <laughs> well, if after you know that stuff gets room temp pretty quick, apparently. I don't know, but um, <laughs> and so I I just I didn't even care. I didn't care. I was like, oh, whatever, that's on there. Um, I ha- I always keep gym clothes in the car, so he went and got my joggers for me, and I changed in the bathroom, but. But I had to sit there for another five or ten minutes and just process because they had to lift me up and set me on the on the backboard of the bed and they help me lean back and they're rubbing my chest and rubbing my hand and holding me close and, and I mean I'm I'm crying everybody's crying I mean I had just gone through something I didn't think anybody would ever experience especially me in my entire life and there's still so many people who go through their entire life and will never never experience something like this right and. And I don't know if it was so potent for me because of dying, to be honest. Because to be honest, I feel like the death came from overdosing with everything else. And what made this be the what made this the tipping point was the adrenaline that hit right before I took off. Which Your heart's probably just like it couldn't take going it. Crazy. It couldn't take it. Yeah, it couldn't take it. I mean, I eight Molly and a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah, it's a lot of sweating. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I lost like two, burnt two thousand calories just doing nothing. You know, mm. um, not advertising this as a workout plan. Yeah, do <laughs> don't try this, please. <laughs> It'll work, but don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was just, it was just so rough because even being in this bedroom, my friend's bedroom, that I'd been in so many times before. Mm. Everything was different. Understanding it was different. Seeing everyone's faces who had already seen, they were totally new faces to me. And I knew who they were, but I didn't think of them the same. And, and it's so weird because at the time I was, and the whole reason I considered doing so many of these narcotics was because I was going through such a dark time. I, I was still going through a savage heartbreak. And I was having trouble with friends who used to be friends that just do not like me one bit anymore. And have Can I ask about well, how, like how that happened? Because I haven't had a bad like I don't feel like I've had a lot of bad in, or you've had a lot of bad intentions towards me like at all since I felt you around. Yeah, you, it feels pretty. Uh, yeah, no, I've never had any sort of negative vibe towards you ever. Yeah, you ever. seem like a very um, genuine person, like pretty consistently. I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll never, I won't lie. I've definitely made mistakes in the past. Right, and I've got scars that are never going to fade away. And there's people that you and I immediately know that that will never want to speak to me again and, and that's okay that's okay they don't have to like me again but at the same time after after this happened i don't hold any animosity towards any of those people anymore and even if they hold that towards me that's okay because out of it i've really really started to practice um, the art of stoicism which is understanding that the world around you is going to do what it wants 
mm-hmm. regardless of how you feel. But the only thing you can control is how you react. Right. And so it, it, I didn't really ever think about that before this. And now I do. And it's like, I get it. I understand, you know, if, and I, and I'm very thankful that this happened because there's so many things that have crossed my paths, choices mm-hmm. and events that have crossed my path now that I know a prior version of me would have made wrong choice. But now it's like not even, sec- it's not, it's just second nature. Boop, do the right thing, you know? And it feels so good. Like, like if I would have given somebody something in the past, I would have eventually expected something back. Now right. I don't even care. Take my money. I don't care. Go use my car. I don't care. Sleep in the car. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because yeah. I, I don't care. Even if someone takes advantage of me now, I'm like, I mean, you're smiling. That's all that matters. And, that, and that's all I really exist for now is just, I just want to make people smile. And I don't know why. I just, it fills me with so much joy to see other people feel joy, even if it's at my expense. It's, it's a really strange situation because I was actually talking to uh, Helen about this yesterday mm-hmm. where uh, morality and things like that are really strange subjects to talk about with people because it's like that whole super ego, id, mm-hmm. and ego. Um, yeah, they call it the ego death or whatever. Well, no, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So ego death is a little different. Yeah. So super ego, and then the id, and then there's uh, there's ego. Ego, yeah. Mm-hmm. And ego is what you do in reality. Mm-hmm. That is how you react. Like what is written in the history books, what you did. Mm-hmm. That is your ego. That mm-hmm. is you, what you're showing everybody else. Mm-hmm. So like, even if Sam is a really forgiving guy, if mm-hmm. Sam doesn't forgive somebody, if he's talking shit about somebody, everyone sees his ego because being shown on everybody else we're all mm-hmm. like okay that's the type of person sam is um the super ego is his morality it's internally inside him what he he morally knows what's right and wrong to him mm-hmm. i sam i don't kill people i try not to lie very much but it's mm-hmm. kind of like there's a hierarchy of things right sure sure um and the super ego from what i understand can be adjusted depending on how often you listen to it mm. so more morality like moral people you generally listen to that voice in their head that's like hey don't cheat on your wife like you right. know you get options you're like I'm not doing that. I'm pretty good. I'm good. And the more you listen to it, the, the stronger it is. And the, less you, the more you start ignoring it, the easier it is to keep delving. It's kind of the whole thing Batman's based off, right? Mm-hmm. If I do start killing these motherfuckers that I really don't like, mm-hmm. I'll keep doing it and then we'll have right. a whole problem. Mm-hmm. Right. So he doesn't. That's kind of what that whole story, it's a big part of that. His mm-hmm. super, he's keeping his morality in check. Right. Because uh, he's human. He realizes he's human and he realizes mm-hmm. he needs to do that. Now, the id is different. That's your instincts. Mm-hmm. What you want to do. What your body is telling you to do. So... Um, it it's, makes me think of like an orc. They're just like, oh, I want to eat. I want to do yeah, this. Yeah. I want to smash. Now imagine you know, just, an orc like grew up in human society, and he was right. he was extra like they're naturally blood hungry things. Mm-hmm. But he was just like he grew up with a human mother, mm-hmm. and he was just saying like, um, I kind of fucking want to kill this person because he just like he showed me right. Mm-hmm. But my morality it, like is really strong. I'm not I'm not going to. I'm mm-hmm. good. And then what he does is not he doesn't do it. He's like, hey man, have a good day. Just please just whatever mm-hmm. so what we have is a a weird thing where his super ego was was actually well you know he did really well with it he mm-hmm. didn't kill anybody yeah his morality's high but his instinct his id is like yo i should fuck you up mm-hmm. for doing this to me and that's the thing that we all struggle with and when those mm-hmm. things aren't lined up when you're you a lot of people struggle that's what spirituality i believe is mm-hmm. i believe spirituality comes from that mm-hmm. uh, and you know how you sometimes feel more spiritual than others mm-hmm it's a lot of times just your instincts lining up with your super ego, mm. with your morality. Mm. When they line up and then you act on them correctly, mm-hmm. you feel like one. And then yeah, when your yeah. instincts are like uh, not lining up with your morality, mm-hmm. you, you know, feel conflicted. You, yeah. Exactly. You feel yeah. very conflicted. And you're just like, you're bothered. And anxiety yeah. kind of kicks up sometimes. Exactly. Anxiety kicks up. And Ooh. that's where you feel like a split in your spirituality. Right. You're like, oh, man. Like, 
here's what I want to do. Like, I really want to do this. Like, my body's telling me to do this. Mm-hmm. My instincts are like, yo, go do that. And for some reason, I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Even my, my super ego is like, hey, that's not the move. Mm-hmm. But I really fucking want to do it. And that becomes the, I feel like that's really what spirituality is. It's mm-hmm. a lining up of all three of those things together. Um, hopefully I explain that clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh, makes yeah. me think of what you're saying earlier about how, like, biologically, all these different animals can yeah. kind of, like, have some type of shared experience. I think if you look at like in human history, all this kind of spiritual aspects of uh, societies developed independently. You know, like they have Stonehenge, they have, you know, all kinds of stuff in South America. They mm-hmm. have, you know, this kind of universality of we want, we want to have the spiritual connection because it's practical mm-hmm. too. It's, it's, I mean, if we were all kind of obeying our animal instincts, we wouldn't really have you know, a community like this. It would right. be, we'd all just be doing animal stuff. Right. right. So I think We'd that also be Neanderthals, you know, freaking out over fire and whatnot. Yeah, because we... Uh, the instincts are a strange thing because, like, yeah. as much as they, they were, they're in us to help us, mm-hmm. they're, help, they're, they're to help us survive. Right, exactly. Yeah, survival. Yeah. I think, like, those uh, hierarchy of needs, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Food, water. Security. Exactly. Yeah, security. Yeah, security. Yeah. But then it becomes an issue where your morality is kind of like, it's more civilized. Right. How do I get this food? How do I get this yeah. water? Yeah, what am I going to do to get this? Right. Like, and I feel like that's that's probably innate to us, too. I feel like that's built into us. Mm-hmm. Not Even though, yes, it's affected by society. Sure. I feel like that is also built into us naturally. Like, It's almost like there is no devil and angel on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's your instinct and your morality on the right. other shoulder. Right. And that's really like the, what it is. Yeah, the most fundamental kind of programming we have is just survival. Mm-hmm. Right. Like your body will just do whatever to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the scariest part of AI. If you say, hey, survive, then it's going to go gonna off the survive. rails. Yeah. yeah but that's I why we know Skynet's coming. Yeah. <laughs> we know. But, but I mean, I think for you, if you have already experienced what it's like to die, then mm-hmm. you kind of are free from this survival. Yeah. Everything's rewired. Yeah. Everything's completely rewired. I mean, it, it's so strange now because things that would have pissed me off in the past, they just don't. They just don't instincts that that hit me don't hit me the same way mm-hmm. you know like if i'm hungry and i see a buffet my instinct is naturally go for it but now it's just i don't even fathom its existence and there's still times i'll go just because i feel like hey i want to go mm-hmm. you know and my instinct isn't even a factor in that i just decide i'd like to do this right now and feel some joy it's so strange so do you think like the physical mm-hmm. kind of makeup of your brain has changed or it's more I don't just know. I don't know. thoughts. Cause I, cause I didn't do a CT scan. I didn't go in for a cat scan cause I ain't that rich. And I imagine this whole thing happened in a hospital, honestly, but oh, I mean, no. your, your friend brought you back like on the spot. Yeah. That, yeah that's yeah. pretty simple. Yeah. Was that window? And yeah. Yeah. And so he, um, and so that was the reason they knew it was about four minutes is because, as soon as it happened, his instinct from from his career, from from what he had experienced in the past through the military and being an EMT, yeah. was check the time. And, and <laughs> my friend had a big old clock over the bed, <laughs> so he immediately looked at that and ran over there. And then when I started breathing again, he looked back up at it, and that's how he knew it had been about three minutes and forty forty five seconds. Oh man, yeah. And if he's doing CPR, then that's still you know oxygen, and yeah. blood getting into your brain, mm-hmm. so you're still you know. And the scariest thing to him was that. He was doing all that, and it just, it was, it was almost like it, nothing was going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was doing it, and within, out of, after about a minute, he, he told me he could feel like I wasn't going to come back. Right. And then all of a sudden, I just take a breath. No, we had to appreciate that guy, because anyone who does CPR for that long. Yeah. Yeah, and he, because he, well, yeah, he just. He could have quit. Well, the problem was, is if he quit, everybody would have been screwed. Right. He couldn't quit. 
You know what I mean? That was a part of it, too. If he'd have quit, all 30 people in that house were going down. Man, they, I'm telling you, we would just threw your body over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's, it's my neighbor's problem. Bro. If I, I get communicated from the dead, I'd be like, throw me in the fence. Throw me over there. Go quick. Do <laughs> it's it. It's what he would have wanted. Like, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, literally, as I was going away, my last thoughts were, I hope he didn't. I hope he's going to be okay. Because I knew consequences, you know. Um, but it, it was really funny because after I came back, he, like I said, he, he said it was, it was the strangest thing he'd ever seen. Because you know how when you're doing CPR and you've seen it where people come back and they're, <gasps> right. you know, because I just forced oxygen to you. There was not. It was just a nice, gentle breath. And it was, he said it was, it, to be honest, it looked to him as if something let me come back. Or it's like, okay, here you go. It was, like, it was like he felt like something had let his CPR succeed. Yeah, that's, that's a guy with experience. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. exactly. With experience, <laughs> oh, you know. Man. And so that was when I, that was just one of those things where I mean still still to this day and I haven't talked to him much since because it was I, I think it scared him so much that he may be a little apprehensive of being around me again and that's okay I I have no yeah. no resentment towards him not none whatsoever I get it you know it was his probably the scariest moment of my life and 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 everybody's I mean I still talk to Diamond I still talk to uh, the per the my friend that girl who was there you mm -hmm. know except she's long gone she moved out of state so I probably won't ever see her again that's fine whatever. But it's just, and now, like, it's like, like how you said, you know, before, before this had happened, you had seen me at some parties and stuff. Right. And we had met a few times, but it was very tame, different, especially at Piams, you know, it's like, okay, see, you, we're going to bed. And now it's like, energy is not even a thing. I can stay up for days. Yeah. It's kind of wild. I always, yeah, I always imagine you took way more, uh, narcotics than I was like, or cause you're like, Oh no, I've only taken a couple. But I'm like, this mm -hmm. man is up all the time. Yeah, no, no. It's just because I just. I, I don't. I'm, I'm I'm bailing at two. My yeah. own events. I'm tired at twelve. Yeah. <laughs> and, and see, there's and see, there's times where like on weekends, people are like, "You want to go out?" And I just, I I don't even take into account ego or instinct. It's just I just, no, nah, I'm good. I don't even and I don't and I don't base that off of wanting to sleep or wanting to go home and eat or wanting to just how you feel. Right. It's just I'm so much more in tune with my feelings now, and also in tune with everyone else's. To the point to where I don't have to rely on on instinct or ego. It's just I just feel, <laughs> and and there and the best way to explain what it was like in there is there's a song by Deftones, and it's called Entombed, and I just found the song last week, and when I heard it, it hit me so hard I had to pull over, and I was crying in my car for three hours. What album is it on? Um, uh, that's a good question because I found the song on SoundCloud and it didn't have the album oh, info. Okay. But it was one of their earlier ones because the song's about how their bass player uh, Chi Chang was uh, in a car accident and was in a coma for eight years until he died. Oh. And that was what it was about. But to me, the the whole song is comprised of three verses. And when I first heard it, I knew immediately what it was to me. It was the conversation that I had with DMT. And the first part of the song is me talking to it. The second part of the song is it talking to me. And the third part of the song is us talking to each other at the same time. And if you ever hear it, you'll understand. Isn't that wild that people don't realize that? that though, like, a lot of the the biggest artists are, like, they've been tripping for a minute now. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. most artists, like, you'll be like, oh, man, like, um, you'll look at a, like, a, what are they, Glass Animals. Mm -hmm. you, have you seen their YouTube videos? Mm-mm. Okay, you don't even have to worry about their YouTube. Just go to their well, you know what? Go to their YouTube stuff mm -hmm. and uh, just bring up their their like their still images. Okay. And the images are basically their still images that are slightly moving the whole time. Oh. And you're like, oh, these yeah. guys were shrooming the whole time. <laughs> like it all starts making a lot of sense to you. Like when you really think of it from that perspective, and you're like, 
Yeah, cool. Last Animal is amazing. It's on the phone. I'm gonna look at that on the way home. Oh yeah, bro, you're gonna bang that 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 thing the whole <laughs> way home. It's amazing. And you know, fun fact too. Um, Mike Tyson, he'll never throw another punch again. You know why? Because he took DMT. Hmm. And there, they ESPN interviewed him on YouTube. Did you ever see that? I've seen a lot of his interviews. I don't know if that one particularly. Oh yeah, it was just from later last year, I think. He's changed. He's changed a lot. Well, no, because I, what did it was DMT. I mean, he talked to ESPN. They did a special on it. It's only like six minute video, mm-hmm. but they went to his house out in Vegas and talked to him. And he said he doesn't even care about his titles. He doesn't care about the belts. He doesn't care about his career. He says mm-hmm. that was a different person. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. Because yeah. he, he now runs a weed farm. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he, like, he has like, some of the most powerful shit. Yeah. And he Somebody does. Mike Tyson weed. Yeah. So. And he is like reluctant to fight anyone now. He right. does not want to fight anyone. But he very much can. Have you seen him move? Oh, yeah. He can. Yeah. They oh, yeah. Have he'll kill you in one punch. Fighters. Yeah. They'll run oh, yeah. up on him and they'll be like, hey, man. And he'll, like, he'll be like, oh, yeah. When you see the guy come in like this, he'll start moving like he was when he was like 20. I'm like, bro, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You're like a 60 year old man. Yeah. He, yeah. His body starts twitching around. I'm like, good God. Yeah. And now because of DMT, he doesn't even want to be like that anymore. He, yeah, he, never, he never wants to actually anybody. He's a yeah, he doesn't. Really. Yeah, he doesn't want to do any of it anymore. He doesn't even want to go practice in the gym anymore. He just, he just doesn't. He, it just is nothing to him now. His journey's a, a, a great one because he was very, uh, as a kid, he was very violent, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't like the thing is he was more made fun of, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't have a really good family life. Like I think his mom was, was a prostitute essentially. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speak too much because like I, got, I looked more into Ali than I did Tyson when I was younger, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, he had a pretty hard time, and then those kids, the the older kids that he started hanging out with, that mm-hmm. he was kind of like the the butt of the joke generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he found the pigeons, and he found happiness by taking care of those pigeons that were in that cage above uh, the the building he lived in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the kid, like some someone tried to kill him or something. Like it was like a lot of stuff, bro. Like the the pigeons, not him. Yeah. But like then the first time he really experienced love uh, was his trainer. Mm-hmm. I believe he I, I can't remember the trainer's name. But um, picked him up, and he was going to jail and doing all this. He was in and out of jail, and the trainer was like, hey, we can do something. And he gave him value. So his whole mission was like, I can do this for this person. Mm-hmm. And that one, like, that one link of love, like that one link of like, emotion made him that monster that you saw where he was just like, nothing's stopping me from doing what I need to do. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me cut that off. But um, yeah, man. And he was an angry. Like, have you ever watched Tyson fight? Oh, yeah. It was ferocious right, shit. Right, yeah. One guy actually tried to okay. Here, this is gonna go into the anger thing. Mm-hmm. One guy tried to um, freeze him. You ever watch football or anything? <laughs> Sports ball, you mean? Where they, where they, where they, where the uh, quarterback throws the puck and to the goal, right? Yeah, essentially yeah, that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like, there's this thing called freezing, and okay. it happens in every sport. Anyone who d- understands adrenaline, they go through it. They might not understand it, but they go through it um, by messing up your timing your body just kind of freezes sometimes. Like, you're ready to do something, and then you're like, hey, everyone, hold on, hold on, we're not going to do it yet. And mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, and your adrenaline's still like pumping and trying to slow down now, and you're kind of, you're screwed now. Because mm-hmm. you're ready to do something, now you're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it with kickers in the NFL. Like, a kicker's about to go up to kick the ball, you know, and you know, get his three points. Yeah. And then the other team will call a timeout. Like, right before he goes and kicks it. And everyone just has to stop, breaks his focus, um, and they'll try to freeze him like that. And this guy, I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys he fought, called Tyson and was like, hey, like I think he's got something in his wraps, like his hand wraps. So the ref had to go check. He's like, hey, we got to take your gloves off. We got to rewrap your hands. That takes forever to wrap yeah. your hands first. Yeah. Tyson was just like, are you, are you, there's nothing in my gloves, right? Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you know, like I think we, we think we saw something. So 
This is before the fight. He's trying to freeze him. Mm-hmm. And because he's like, I'm getting his head and beat him. All right. Tyson goes to the back. They all go to the back. They're like, all right, like they're, they're working on it, whatever. They unwrap Tyson's hands. They got to do the whole thing again. Tyson gets mad. That's how angry this kid was. He okay. got mad, punched a hole through the wall. <laughs> the dude heard that and got scared himself <laughs> and then got destroyed. Like, it was funny because, like, then when he went to the cage or when he went to the ring, I'm sorry, when he went to the ring, Tyson came after him and there was, like, Nordic, like, death music playing. Oh, and, seriously? And, yeah, Tyson was mad. And he was like fuming, and I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" I would have just been like, "Yo, you know what? I'm out." Yeah, like, <laughs> I throw the towel in after that. Yeah, bro, he was angry. Uh, and that's just how he he was, and now he's not like that at yeah, all. He's now just, it's a totally different thing. He lost all his money to to Don King that one time when he got ripped off. He was at the very bottom. He was like pretty much broke mm-hmm. back in uh, the early 2000s. Um, he got ripped off. Went you know the rape allegations and oh, everything yeah. else. Um, his manager ripped off Don King. And then he came back um, with movies and shit. And now he has the, the little mystery thing he has, the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mike Tyson, whatever Mike it is. Mike Tyson's Mysteries or something like that. Yeah. yeah he, and now he's yeah, like yeah. in the, he's a, like he's got an acting career. He's yeah. got his whole weed farm that he yeah. sells all over California. Yeah. He's on top of the world again. Mm-hmm. Like He's an icon in our whole society. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you can always check these facts because like these are more... Based off my memory. Sure, 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 yeah. But, um, yeah, it's wild. He's he's definitely a developed person. He doesn't yeah. even consider that him anymore. And he's like, no, nah, I just, would never. Yeah, and it's so weird that, that DMT was the thing that, that solidified his transformation into being a totally different person after living a whole lifetime. And you never, and the so, thing is, like, yeah, I, I never want and you're right. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was the DMT. I just never want to well, no, discredit so, his own journey. Right, 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 exactly. And that's what makes it so much more more intriguing to me is because he had this whole journey up until, how old is he now, like in his 60s or something? Probably early. He's probably like late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. I mean, his beard is white and gray now, so I don't know. I guess it's yeah, different for everybody. 60s, yeah. But he, it's just so interesting to me that he lived this whole lifetime, and then now, off of one little event, everything's flipped on its head. And it's so weird, you know, like you can go through all that and be Mike Tyson and then just one little experience over half an hour out in the desert and everything's different and you don't care about any of that history anymore. I feel like people don't understand, like uh, like we said, there's instinct and there's uh, that superego. Yeah, yeah, the id and the superego. When those things are on your shoulders, like I don't think people understand how kids from the hood, like how strong that instinct is mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. Because you're not in a situation where your your parents are providing for you to survive right. already. That means the survival is on your head essentially, mm-hmm. and that's I feel like a lot where a lot of the 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 uh, attitude you you think like people would like to believe that. Hood kids have that's mm-hmm. where that comes from. Mm-hmm. It's a survival instinct, right. self preservation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's got to be that. Um, Especially too in that environment, if you if you step out and act too different from everybody else, that can get you hurt. Yeah, you you, you start standing out, and that's right. not right. That's, that's not, not that's not how you, that's not indicative of living. Yeah, yeah that's you not survival in that in that environment. You know, in almost any environment, as true, animals, true, you standing out doesn't make you live longer. Right, exactly. You're not one <laughs> right. of the herd. Right. Yeah, the so, only time that helps, like I, I know there's mating things for peacocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, certain butterflies, like things like that. There's a way to stand out to to mate, mm-hmm. but there's not standing out to, to survive. And that's and that standing out to mate is still part of instinct. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I have to. Yeah. I have to stand out in order to get this thing that my instinct says I need because that's oh, what I'm wired yeah. for, you know. Yeah. And it, it's so weird that now that all that stuff's rewired, and he's almost dismissed it like there's nothing. Yeah, and it's funny because looking back on it, you don't feel like it really matters anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything around us is so minuscule compared to where we're going to go one day. I mean, think about it this way: in the scale of the universe, 
as Joe Rogan said, people freak out over the Grand Canyon, but in the scale of the universe, we're just looking at a freaking ditch. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But and there's life here. I mean, there's we life. Yeah, have a guarantee of life anywhere else yet. So I think that's something. Well, that's kind uh, of Mars, they have um, they have microorganisms, I believe. Yeah, but ooh, I mean, as ooh, far someone's as breaking in. <laughs> it's a, it's a, what what Pokemon came out? It's a Helen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as far as like consciousness, we don't have a guarantee though. Yeah. So that's like something unique about us. I it, feel like you can't really discredit our size as Earth. Yeah, no, no, of no, course yeah. not. I never want to discredit anything. Cause like we're <laughs> right. here, right? We should definitely be proud that we're here and that we're living and doing what we're doing. But at the same time, we should not uh, lose appreciation for everything. Like even the pair of socks I'm wearing, I'm like, yes, I love my socks. Yeah, <laughs> I but feel if like someone wanted them, I'd be like, take them. I can't remember the, the mindset that is where you dismiss the journey and right. stake for the, uh, the destination. 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 And right. that's where people are like, well, we're all going to die anyway. I'm like, that's not a re- good reason to not enjoy what you're doing. Right, exactly. Or to make the best of what, what you have going on right now. And see, that's the thing, too, is after what happened, knowing what's waiting for us, or knowing what's waiting for me, at least, and, and I can't still, I still to this day can't say that's what's for certain. Do you have right, that so feeling, though, that you'll return to that same space? I can't shake it. Okay. I, can't, I can't say definitely that's where I'm going to go, but... I mean, I was dead. I was there. It it's it, it was a part of me, and it released into my system. Do I you ever dream of that? I'm, I feel like um, it's the same. You know, I don't dream of it because I, for one, how do I put it? They this isn't a drug. This isn't like a substance. This is something that is as real as this TV and this couch. Right. And everything that happened to me that night was because they willed it to happen. And that's what I learned. She brought me to her. And that's how you look. Okay. I that entity made all this stuff happen, made this sequence of events happen. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To get me there. I didn't pay to get into a $75 event. I didn't drive the whole night. I was chauffeured. I ran into my friend, the music producer, who was on the phone with my other friend who I hadn't seen in over two months. On the phone with him out of nowhere. And then I, ca- and then I pick up the phone and take the phone from him. And I'm like, he's like, hey, come over. I mean, and then... Then it happened, and he just asked me out of nowhere. And there I was. And you shit yourself. And, <laughs> and then I shit myself, yeah. <laughs> and by the way... And respawn. And by there the way, go. the cost of those three hits that I took would have been about like $400. Because that stuff is that expensive. Wow. I mean, just having yeah. it in your house and you're busted it's with It's really it, powerful stuff, apparently. Yeah, yeah and so. just having it in your house and just being caught with it is a life sentence immediately. That is wild. Still through all those obstacles. That still throws me out to this day. Well, why we're being restricted on taking things on our in the privacy of our homes. Right. Yeah. I right. feel like yet alcohol know. is totally free and legal. Yet cigarettes, the most deadly thing out there. In alcohol. My no. Alcohol is actually like as far as drugs go. Alcohol is the most like uh, consistent one of killing people. Like consistently yeah. consistent, killing yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. Car wrecks. Uh, people getting angry and killing cheap people that way because like yeah. it's impulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes your brain all screwed up, and then you're impulsive on top of that. And sometimes suicide rate too. It's a dis- it's a depressant. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like the one thing that we know for a fact has proven to kill people mm-hmm. all year round, consistently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more more decimal like than almost any animal has ever done in the history of the world. Right. And we're just like, wait, we saw yeah. it around. And yet on the we way over here, I drove past twenty gas stations that had Bud Light posters in the windows and stuff. Right. We tried you know? banning it though. It didn't work we out. Tried, well. yeah, 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 we tried. Yeah, prohibition happened. But here's the thing: <laughs> like, the Boardwalk Pro- Empire is awesome, though. So I'm thankful that came out. A lot of good stuff came out. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing: like, <laughs> prohibition happened in the 20s, right? So yeah. we banned it. Um, and what happened when we banned it? Uh, racketeering became a mm-hmm. thing, and the mafia got a huge boost because now mm-hmm. they have they have an import. They mm-hmm. had 
alcohol. Right. right? And now speakeasies are a part of our textbooks. We learn about what those are now. Yeah, we should know? know what that is by now. Yeah. If you ever even watch The Godfather, like yeah. a lot of times their organizations are built on drugs. Yeah. Um, and so there's and speakeasies still exist, by the way. Mm. They still exist, mm. and they just the only reason now is they just serve stuff past two a.m. But my, my, I guess where I was going was I was like, mm-hmm. imagine this. Like, here's my thing. I'm not saying that everyone should go do drugs. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no. But imagine if they legalized drugs for us to use if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Because here's what would happen. Here's how I look at it. If you did do that. Because we were, we, okay, prohibition. Before we had prohibition, no one was really, there was no crime for it. Right. Because it was legal alcohol. No one, no, what, what gangs do you know selling alcohol right now? Right, there's none. <laughs> You're not yeah. making a lot of profit because there's, there's yeah. drugstores everywhere. Well, if you legalize it, wouldn't that put Mexico in a way better position? Because like mm-hmm. most of our drugs come from them. Mm-hmm. Their whole government is taken over by... Um, Escobar's son cartels and yeah. cartels like their whole government is screwed up like you can't even do much without getting risking getting shot in the head and the fact that ev- the fact remains that if you see anybody with cocaine around or heroin or anything of that nature y- you immediately know that came from blood yeah, yeah. 100% yeah it's, it's not clean it's not like, clean yeah exactly. there's death centered around this little bag of powder that this dude just walked by me with in the club there's death all over that. Yeah, I think that, that's where that you know kind of negative uh, kind of shame comes from yeah, for yeah. some people. Is that like the supply chain? I guess mm-hmm. that gets there. It all now, starts from somewhere, and it starts from blood. And that's the like, scariest thing. And yeah, there's. I'm sure there's a chance that d- it wasn't right. Like, yeah, was, there is. Yeah, right. But sure. let's, let's be real. Like, if they legalized it, those cartels wouldn't have anything to stand on. Yeah. They wouldn't have any money, so they would break apart. Right. Mexico would probably get their government back or be able to form something. Everything would be legit, so it wouldn't come from blood. There'd probably be factories and yeah, legit and then people jobs. Yeah, people do cocaine on their own time. Right, they right. Do that. I'm not saying to do that. Yeah, um, but, but people would be open about what it does. Right, and like especially how to avoid you try it, be like, you know what, I'm not into it. And especially yeah. with things yeah. like psychedelics, it would it would open up everybody's understanding of of so many things that people would be so closed off to or be completely unaware of. That Mushrooms actually reminds are those, me. Oh, they're, they're doing research as far as uh, in hospice care. Mm. Of giving mm-hmm. you know people that are about to die MDMA yeah. and DMT as far yeah. as coping with death right yeah I guess it's kind of like you know getting them closer to mm-hmm. <laughs> to where they're going to end up going but There's I been, mean it's it's legal in like that research sense right so right. I guess we're getting a little bit closer there's a lot of stuff on Netflix you can watch too um, yeah but there's one of, they're they're talking about mushrooms and how mushrooms help people with depression mm-hmm. like heavily mm-hmm. generally like just dosing like small doses or even big doses sometimes depending mm-hmm. on how they distribute it would help people uh, with depression like go from suicidal to I'm okay. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be crazy high but you'd be like you know what I'm alright. Yeah and then they and were talking about to live. Right and they were talking about doing tests and research with MDMA in, dar- in regards to anxiety mm-hmm. and how it can pretty much almost nearly eliminate someone's anxiety and eradicate their fears of, 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 of obstacles like talking to your boss about a raise at, for example different things mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, wait, why? Why is Adderall allowed? Because they right. can supply it to us, right? But Adderall's just speed, really. Mm-hmm. And speed in the '90s was like, yeah, but it's Adderall. But if you think about something, it what it takes to create Adderall, as far as like the whole industry versus just you know, growing mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, even LSD is like relatively easy to make, mm-hmm. and like those are the ones that are illegal, even though they have because this, they can't profit. Mm-hmm. But the thing is. We're gonna get into this discussion. I see where this I is know. going, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Come there's like, some really cool stuff. But we love do. America, though. <laughs> yeah, best no, country I, I, 100% ever. 100. I love being here. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, this country's not as good as Texas. That's the best country. <laughs> but, uh, I agree. Everyone <laughs> here agrees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my thing is like, as much as we complain, like Trump 
uh, my, I'm not going to go into like a sure, sure, sure. Term, but like as much as the I would say more the right side complains about well you know what Trump did say this so I can't when he complained about Mexican and the, Mexico and their drug problem yeah. their drug problem is directly correlated to us because we're the main people that buy it from yeah, us exactly. yeah exactly yeah like we the demand that they drug have, problem <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, they have a demand yeah. they're like yo we can make a lot of money selling to these white people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they grow it yeah. they kill each other they get turfs they do all their things they get all that stuff then they sell it to us mm-hmm. if we just made it legal to where we could just get it wherever and we didn't have to mm-hmm. buy it through them, what would mm-hmm. happen to them? They'd go. They'd be better off. Yeah, right? everybody would be better off. For one, there'd be less crime, less... I Even mean, in our streets. We have people yeah. who sell drugs here. Yeah, the whole yeah. chain of it. The whole chain like, of it would rewire and everything would be legit. Because you know what killing comes from, right, with gangs a lot of times? It's like, you can't call the authorities when someone's on your turf selling right. drugs where so you sell drugs. Like, yeah. if I'm selling drugs in this corner <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, this is kind of my area, right. and then Sam comes through and he's selling drugs right over there. Right. Or if I, ta- if I take cops, your drugs, I have to kill him. Or yeah, you have him. to right. do that. Make yeah. sure he knows that yo, this is what it is, and everyone he knows knows that's what it is. That's what gang wars yeah. are about. It's not because we don't like it. things happen, man. Right. Like we got to look at the source of this, and it really is just drugs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can legalize it. I feel like we. And, fix and here's a lot of the thing: the fact is that twenty percent of a global over twenty percent of global population is is the total of people that are taking narcotics. Right, and that's a number that you cannot. Ignore. Fifth. You right. can't eradicate that. Twenty percent of what three to four billion people. And you'd you'd rather put us in jail. You can't talk. You can't stop that. You're not ever gonna stop that, and no one ever will. I right. think that's a big point, though, because yeah. I mean, people always want to alter their consciousness. Right. They, they want to experience new things. And <laughs> I think like our whole medical community is so focused on fixing problems, like fixing health issues. Yeah. That's all the medicine, we like Adderall. Yeah. But if we want to go higher than baseline right. if we want to you know improve our experience rather than you know just recovering mm-hmm. then that is like kind of taboo and we haven't really got into that yet mm-hmm. so i think if we're willing to you know look at the performance side of medicine they, mm-hmm. they're trying to do that i believe uh colorado legalized um so oh, it was uh, mushrooms yeah yeah, yeah. really is yeah, it yeah uh, yeah, that recent. I don't know, but because I, I, a lot of people have been telling me about it, like you can now it was like la- late last year. Yeah, was it okay? Yeah, because you can go to dispensaries now and buy shrooms along with your pot there. Nice. Yeah. And guess what? No, that their whole society hasn't fallen apart yet. Yep. And they've I mean, actually made <laughs> like that. That's money. the big argument. Like, yo, we're all just gonna be out of our mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, see, that's just a job. Like, we, this, no yeah. one's losing this. Yeah. Irrational fear still dominates everyone, and it makes right. zero sense because it's like now the, looking at the world and ev- seeing everything differently. It's just like, oh, my God, because I'll hear people freak out about things that they really shouldn't and right. they get so scared. And I'm like, that, I don't really feel like that's accurate. I don't feel like you should be afraid of that. But it's nobody like, I'm going to prescribe some DMT to you. I'm an unofficial doctor. Here you go. I mean, there's yeah. just a couple of things like even um, a, a lot of mental things because there is like a there is a strange. Re- I don't want to say strange. There is a rewiring that takes place. I know with mushrooms. Like, that's the one mm-hmm. I've studied the most on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak on DMT and everything else. But. Um, no, DMT is guaranteed you will be a different person. That is 100%. Wild. I feel like that's really kind of scary going into. I yeah, like. no, it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah. I mean, the side, the, the the medical side effects are you will increase, uh, your, your, your will experience um, increased blood pressure and your heart rate will go up. But that's because when it essentially comes down on you, it's a rush. It's a lot. Your body's experiencing it, yeah. Yeah, because it hits you real fast. And you, you know, whoa. And, it, and like I said, you know, it's like, like LSD will take an hour or two. Or shrooms could take an hour or two to mm-hmm. digest, get in your system. Right. This is like two whole seconds, and you're in. <laughs> you know. My thing is like, imagine all these things that we have issues with. Um, like depression is very prevalent nowadays. The amount of times, like pe- the amount of people are working and how happy they are, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not very good. Like mm-hmm. people are very, barely able to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, depression's taking over. Um, 
that's that's a real statistic. Like, imagine between that and even things like uh, psychopathy, like people who are psychopaths and their brains mm-hmm. are rewired a certain way. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't know how that is going to affect them, but imagine if they could just take certain things. You distribute it. Yeah. You're like, hey, we're going to put you on a dosage of this and see how you feel. Or if we could study it, if we're allowed to study these kind it's of things. It's becoming more yeah. normal, yeah. Like yeah. Especially with inmates, too. I mean, that would be a great place to start. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, America does a lot of bad things with inmates and distributing. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't, yeah, exactly. I wouldn't even give them that idea. Yeah, they, no, sure but no, it's already worse. Like the way they're doing with inmates, like yeah. they prescribe drugs that I mean, they have terrible tested. side effects. Mm-hmm. They like, tested, then their skin they, starts falling off. Yeah, yeah they test yeah. it and they have like negative results. Like it's so bad what happens to people, but they do it anyway. Yeah, and there was there was, a, there was a group of inmates I believe in the '90s where like they all came out uh, sterile. No, oh. they couldn't have kids anymore. That's, they, that's spooky. Yeah, they, like no, the, the American government's done some terrible things to inmates, bro. Oof. Like it's wild. But you know what? And that's why I won't even go near Oklahoma anymore. The <laughs> the prison for the private prison system there. I'm like, no, thank you. Is it Oklahoma that that legalizes? Uh, I it was no, Oklahoma no, no. or Colorado. One no, it was Colorado, Colorado for sure. It's Colorado. About the prison system in Oklahoma. Yeah, the prison system in Oklahoma is is awful. awful. All right, wait. Sam, how, how how far are we into this? I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe an hour forty. Hour forty. You yeah. know what? I think that was pretty solid. Okay. <laughs> hey, okay. hey. Okay. You wait, no, David. You want to say something else or link um, to your Instagram so that people can see who you yeah, are? And yeah, see yeah. Your please, face? please follow me on Instagram if you'd like. You don't have to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> please do. I feel like this was like uh, yeah. your TED talk though. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's yeah. like, hey man, like you know, I'm not in all that shit. Yo, please. <laughs> if you want, no. Follow if you want, me. you know, it's funny too because I haven't updated my Instagram in over. <sighs> Why is there fuzz at? Oh shit! Did I kill this plushie? Whoa! <laughs> oh my god! Were you picking at it though? No, time? no. It's probably, it's, probably the, it's probably the cat. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh man! Sorry, panda plush. You were so nice. <laughs> oh, my god. Oh, shit! It's all good. I swear to God, I'm we sober, bro. We'll push we have the technology. <laughs> Sorry, Helen. Love you. Um, but no, yeah. Please, if you want, no. I like literally ever since that happened, I didn't even care about my social media anymore, dude. Like I, I've had the same profile picture on my Facebook. For a whole year now, um, I after after I had that experience, my old cover photo, if you ever saw it, was me in the middle of a whole bunch of people at Alcon last year, hmm. and I was dressed as Snow White, and I I, I was I had the the lipstick, I had the <laughs> eyeliner, the wig, the dress, I was hot. I even <laughs> had the apple too; it was dope. And uh, I had to delete that picture because it was just. One of those things was like, I need to move on. I need to move forward. Like, why am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, because every time anyone goes to my Facebook, all they see is like a big crowd of 30 people who hate my guts and me right in the middle. Like, hi. It's like, I'm like, oh, better. You know, I, <laughs> just, I just felt right. You right. Know? And so, but I, I really lately I've have been telling myself, get back into social media, get back out there. I mean, I'm a performer. You know, for it's kind of six. Yeah. And it, it is important, but it's so funny because after what happened, I'm like, mm. it's hard to care. It's hard to care about things that mundane yeah. because the only reason social media is a big thing is because that first word social. Yeah. It's a standard. Everybody mm-hmm. else is doing it. So you got to do it. It's like connecting now. Like I use my messenger more than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just like to me, it's like I just don't care anymore. And I'm trying to get back into it. So please, audience, if you would kindly follow the Instagram and motivate me to Be get back on it. Yeah. 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 And it, on the thing, too, is now. Uh, my one of my biggest hobbies is taking people out, not to party, but just to have a good time. You know, 
Like I like feeding folks. I like housing them. I so like, boom, free food, guys. Let's be real. Seriously, I will feed you, <laughs> and I would love it if you came and taught me how to feed you too. I make Dude. a wicked bowl of cereal and some good tacos, but I, I want to expand. Yo, I have if, been learning to cook though. If y'all too. do that, like hit me up so I can learn how to cook way better. Than yeah, yeah. Come teach like, us. I'm to at cook. like level one. Like I'm talking like rice and like yeah, yeah, yeah. eggs yeah. and shit. You know, so let's step it up. Yeah, I was learning. I was I was taking some avid lessons on cooking and stuff. I was learning some Italian and Mediterranean stuff before nice. all this went down. But after everything went down, I just the hard rewire. Was, You're trying to figure stuff out again. It was ex- it's experiencing life all over again. It's like a rebirth, to be honest. Yeah. You know, figure out what you're into and what. Yeah, yeah, and it's so weird because now, like, the biggest thing I love is just doing anything I can to put a smile on people's faces, and it's so fun, and it's really all that matters now. But I still can, you know, I'm getting back into acting again. I'm getting, and I just actually met uh, a owner of a record label that night. I went out. Mm-hmm. After the anime awards, and on Thursday I have an audition to be the singer for all their rappers. Nice, yeah, good yeah, luck. Yeah. Thank dude, you, that's thank dope. you, thank you. You're gonna be that new Jill Scott, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna see how that goes, but it's just neat because this whole new beginning is just fascinating to see where all these new things are coming. Because all the stuff I do, like going out, like I do, never would have done that in the past. Never, except for at a con, you know, which I, which I'm in a hotel. I can stay up all night. I'll right. go to bed, you know, but. It's just so fascinating. But yes, back to the social media thing. And um, please add me as a friend on Facebook, whoever you are. If if you want to let me know in a message. New beginnings, be a part of this new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come hang out. Please come hang out. Um, message me if you want to add me on Facebook. It's just David Osmaya. You'll see me with my old Aquaman hair. I'm going to yeah. try and update the picture at some point. <laughs> is it David Osmaya or is it just David Oz right now? David Osmaya. It's always been David Osmaya. Oh, okay. First, middle, last. Um, um, no, just, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks yeah, for tuning yeah. in. Yo, uh, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for pleasure, having man. me. Uh, I know we talked about doing this for a little while now. Yeah, we did. Nah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to we gotta get on our balls. Like, we're no, no, nah, it was fine. I was in no rush. Seriously, like, you know, yeah, after I saw him at the I was, event, I was like, yo, we got we to gotta do this. Like, I've been, I've been bullshitting for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think you were bullshitting. No, I, was no, I wasn't. Like, I was oh, serious, okay. but I just, like, I just, it's always a setup. And, yeah. like, I'm, I'm getting ready for the fight, so it's just, like, my, my, my mind is very, like, it's almost like a project's happening, yeah. and like, do I really want to add an extra objective? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the main story is right quest. here in front yeah, of me. Yeah, do yeah. I want to add more objectives? Do I really want to let Preston Garvey run up and be like, yo, 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 wait, another settlement's been marked on your map. Yeah, Come on, I'm busy. Uh, yeah, but I, I honestly, I got to keep it moving. So, I mean, yeah. I'm happy that you're the first one for me to come back on. So. Oh, yo, thank you. Um, I'm the first? Oh. Yo, uh, that's David Oz. Yo, pleasure having you here, man. Um, Honestly, uh, you brought a smile to us, and I'm, I mean, oh, I feel like we're you. closer already. Yeah, so, yeah. yo, everybody else, uh, y'all stay dope. Have a great day. I love you guys. Peace. Peace.